we're back. Hey. Hello. Hey, hey. How's everybody doing this week? Fantastic. Excellent day. Fantastic. That's good to hear. We're uh we're cruising right along and we're on what? Episode 16, is that 16. right? 16. That's uh, right. Wow. That's <clears throat> that's uh going fast and yeah. um we are uh basically uh sitting here at episode 16 uh and you guys are like neck deep in this uh uh ever expanding mystery right we had some questions before we started about what do we do next where do we go why are we here and um you know so i i i uh i think you have some questions to ask this time right well, I hope you don't expect us to pay attention, Jerry. <laughs> I thought he was talking about real life, honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's the way it seems. Yeah, it's hard uh, hard to uh, remember what happened uh, two whole weeks ago. Sometimes we've uh, uh, struggled with that in the past, and uh, but we're we're doing all right. You guys are digging in and uh, figuring things out, and that's awesome. So. I just want to say a quick shout out. We can get right into the game here. Quick shout out to our Patreon supporters. Thank you all. If you want to become a Patreon supporter, please join us at uh, DungeonPatrol.com and click on the Patreon button or go to Patreon.com slash Dungeon Patrol. Anyway, uh, where did we leave off last time, Alar? You want to you get us caught up? Thank you for asking, Jerry. On the last exciting tale, the Alar Light Orchestra crept their way through the dark alleys of Adragan to the Peck and Wimby warehouse, seeking answers for the murder of Auden Wayne. They were beset by the shadows themselves in the form of vicious shadow hounds. Thinking quickly, they used the power of light to vanquish their foes, saving a trapped family from certain gory death. The grateful father suggested they seek out the barrel and crate maker, Beryl Coopersmith. What would the oddly named dwarf tell them? Find out on Dungeon Patrol. <laughs> uh, very nicely done. As usual, Alar. Uh, it's, it's becoming my favorite part of the whole thing, you know? Just <laughs> it's minute. mine too, actually. <laughs> when, yeah. when this is all over, you need to make a master cut. Of just <laughs> <laughs> See, Alar would love that. Just the Alar recap. Yeah. <laughs> just cut out all the, all the fluff. Yeah. And and the good stuff. If you really want to just hear what happened, this is your summary. Alar <laughs> back to back to back to back. Oh, good Lord. It is but interesting that Alar hasn't done any promotions for any of his upcoming shows in that recap, though, you know. <sighs> well, you yeah. know, we, we got to get on that. We gotta yeah, we got to get a show together. Yeah. yeah. Need an agent. Uh, yeah, you guys have some work to do on, on the whole, uh, getting famous front, but, uh, I think you are, uh, uh, you know, relatively famous in, in this part of the city. I I feel like you're just not on board with that part of my plan, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Like you have your own story that you want to tell or something. Like there's something else that I'm trying to push you towards. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not sure if Jerry's the only one who's not on board with that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no. I've got your back, but I'm just saying. Just saying. Uh, so, well, nicely done again. You guys left off, and uh, I believe you were invited to uh, uh, partake in some food and some rest at uh, this very grateful 
Peck and Wimby Draymond's house and a uh, long rest. A long rest. A long rest. Do we do we need to see the map for the rest? Oh, no. I think you're probably good. You want to stop sharing your screen, Brokos? Mm. <laughs> uh, so they want to see our beautiful faces. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. We discussed that a little before we started, too. Like, uh, uh, does anyone want to see see all of this? And What is uh, wrong with you that you're wanting yeah. to see it? That's why they come, Jerry. That's Just listen. Come. Just listen. Uh, don't let this face detract from all of the <laughs> glory that's going on in the game. Uh, so you guys have a long rest. And now... You uh, are ready to proceed to Beryl Coopersmith's place. Um, anything else you want to do before you leave? I get directions. <laughs> okay. So he did give you directions. You, you are set there. It's uh, uh, just down the road a, a ways. And he said, uh, um, basically, um, it's hard to miss because uh, you'll eventually... <sighs> Um, uh, start to smell pitch and oh. wood and things like that. So, is he in relation to Bradley Cooper Smith, lesbian? <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't. I don't think so. I like his work. <laughs> it's a good question, though. Um, so where do you guys want to go? What do you want to do? Well. If Craigar's got the directions. On to Bulin, sons. Yes. Okay, perfect. Let's do this. The next morning, you march up the broad, black silver way. The day is bright, like the sun is trying hard to punch a hole through the clouds. But the morning mists quickly roll in, covering everything with a blanket of fine droplets. After some walking, you catch your first acrid whiff of pitch, followed soon by the smell of cut wood. You enter a crossing, and off to your left, you see a brick and clabbered structure with Buell and Sons painted in large white letters. I believe we found it. <laughs> well done, Kragar. You followed simple directions. <laughs> it's still early. <laughs> uh, I will knock on the front door. As you approach the front door, you see it's a sturdy oak and iron number with a sliding metal viewport about four feet off the ground. Uh, you knock on the door, you said? Indeed. Okay. Uh, the viewport slides open after some time and some you know, noise and shuffling you can hear through the door. And you see a menacing tip of a crossbow bolt just on the other side. A gruff voice says, back up five steps or I'll let this fly. I'll give you six, good friend. <laughs> as you will, back up. I will you, back up. Uh, as you back up, you see the crossbow bolt has been replaced by a pair of roomy eyes set below bushy white eyebrows. What do you want? We're closed for good. You'll go away if you know what's good for you. My good dwarf, we simply have questions. Questions? We are curious. We are curious about the maker of Peck and Wimby's barrels and crates. Bah, who cares? Peck and Wimby is gone. My sons are all gone, all fled, scattered like sawdust in the wind. But this is my shop, my town, and I'm too old to run. I've got nowhere else to go. 
Now get out of here before you catch a bolt in the guts. And the viewport slams shut. Well, that went well. <laughs> mm. I'll step up to the other side of the door, out of, out of the side of the viewport, and knock again a bit okay. more aggressively. And here, you hear kind of a, like a sigh on the other side. You know, he's, he's obviously frustrated. And he's like, the viewport slides open slowly, and you can see the eyes back. And he's like, again, go away. I'm just a tired old man. I don't have time to waste. We need a little bit of your time. If I answer your questions, do you promise to go away? Of course. Most certainly. Why would we want to stay here? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point. Now, be quick or be gone. So, Alar, ask the questions. <laughs> My good man, we are curious about why your fine crates would have shown up across town. Is there any possibility that your workmanship would have been stolen? Yeah, I, I don't think so. Uh, how, do you, how do you know they weren't just pecking Wimby crates? I, I make pecking Wimby crates all the time. They fill them with goods. They ship them all over the city, all over, all over the country, in fact. Well, our good friend over at Peck and Wimby assures us they were not an order. Is it possible someone in your employ? Hmm. Well, I don't really know why this is so important to you, but... Do you remember it has what to do of... with murder. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and shifting power and framing the innocent or not so innocent. Well, and the safety of your city. I we really know. love crates. <laughs> we're, we're, crate <laughs> we're crate aficionados. You're <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, fine then. You know, for a crate aficionado, I can definitely <laughs> provide you with some guidance here. Do you remember what kind of wood the cask were made of? Wow. <clears throat> so someone can roll. If yeah, you... what do I need to roll for that one, Jerry? I don't know. Uh, survival. Survival. Yeah. <laughs> Identify <laughs> different kinds of wood. Identify a crate. I got a three. Uh, I got an eight. All right, wait. Hold on. Come on, Tris. I got a, I got a 22. We said Ooh, survival. Oh, you go. I don't need to roll. Nature boy. Nature Because he spent time gnawing on it when it was over. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, he uh, passed them in a dog form, right? At one point. Oh, that's yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Like smell and really connected with really the, connected. the wood. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I don't have many friends, so I make, uh, you know, <laughs> friends out of crates. Uh, okay. Hello, Naughty Pine. How are you today? <laughs> so... He's looking at you, uh, and you're you're thinking about it. And he's like, "Did you see any little dark holes in the wood, boy? <laughs> Were there long light lines in the grain?" Do I answer him with what I know? Yeah, twenty-two. Uh, you you uh, you know <laughs> there were long lines in the grain of the wood. Ah, uh, so I'll you could say, say you think it's oak if you want. I think it's oak. And he's like, ah, Oak, well, there's your problem. P&W casks are all hickory. They're the only one in town that still uses it. People need Oak nowadays. They say it does something to the flavor of the wine and whatnot. But what do I know? I can't drink that swill. 
So sounds like they got some goods from, you know, one of the other places, Fox Cottage, Welcome Harbor, tried to make them look like P&W. Makes sense to me, but you, the guys that are investigating things, so let me get back to my breakfast. Good day. So wait, no, there's more questions. <laughs> where, where, <laughs> what, what were those places? Fox <sighs> Cottage and something Harbor? Fox Cottage and Welcome Harbor, the only other places in town that could, uh, you know, compete with Peck and Wimby. So, but they were very clearly marked, Peck and Wimby. Where does the marking of the crates take place? Oh, I, I don't know. They, they probably do that in-house somewhere. I don't know. You get your hands mm. on a brand or have a blacksmith. Anyone can make it. It's not that mm. hard. It's not like putting a fine cast together. That takes skill. Uh, you are right. Skill. <laughs> so where is Fox Cottage and Welcome Harbor? Well, so we know the way those proprietors. Both of those places are based out of uh, Old Town. I don't think they have any place around here. You see, Peck and Wimby is a kind of a local establishment. Fox Cottage and and uh, Welcome Harbor, they're, you know, not from around here, if you know what I'm saying. Well, that's where the crates were found, Old Town. Ah, see? I think I've solved your mystery for you. Now, I'll get back to my breakfast. Thank you. Good day. Slam the viewport shut. Wow. If he's ever wonder, uh, lonely, I don't think he doesn't have to wonder why. <laughs> why are we doing this again? So, I mean, we can continue to chase this down, but we also have the pressing issue of a, a weir rat emergence. A rat emergency. Yes, in my body. I, I think I saw that show on cable. So, so perhaps we should return mm-hmm. and report what we have found and then see if there is a, a way to get into the temple district. Okay, that sounds fair. Yes, let us save our friend or have him die trying. <laughs> okay, so we'll say you guys make your way back to the vineyard, uh, the uh, headquarters for Wolf Canute and his crew of rowdy pirates. And uh, when you arrive, you you can see, you know, that the place is really progressing. They've got little, you know... Uh, more pens set up for animals, chickens, things like that. They're, you know, definitely trying to settle in and, and uh, produce food and um, uh, make this, uh, make a go of it here in the vineyard. And uh, you walk in, you sort of get ushered into that same room where Wolf Canute has kind of set up his, uh, his HQ. And you can see, and you can feel as soon as you walk in that things are very tense um uh even worse They're than always before. tense here yeah <laughs> always uh, and it, you get the feeling like as soon as you walk in that they were maybe talking about you um of course they were skolavig has sort of a smirk on her face and, and turns into a snarl after she stares at you for a while Wolf Canute is looking at you, uh, judging you. Um, you can you, you get the feel that he is just 
Uh, wheels are spinning in his head as he stares at you. Um, good to I, see you, Skolavig. <laughs> How are the lemons tasting today? <laughs> Looking good. Um, <laughs> she, uh, her uh, snarl turns into a frown at that. Um, and then she looks down at Wolf Canute and, uh, you know, it's like they're waiting for him to make a decision on something. And he finally looks at Haydn and he says, I won't be pushed around by these old town fools. That's the main thing here. Besides, these folks, they've served us well. They're part of the crew now. I don't feel like we can possibly hand them over, no matter what it gets us. And Haydn seems very relieved at that. Um, How does School of angry respond? Uh, she looks more upset, mm. she kind of, uh, shakes her head and then, you know, kind of sticks her chin up very defiantly. So she was willing to throw us to the, the wolves. That's what it and seems like. To home to the were rats. Uh, well, probably to the people that, uh, were chasing us back into the sewers because they think we're the ones that killed well, and the, the gladiators, right? Wasn't he the head of gladiators? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, uh, Wolf Canute, like, takes this note and he uh, slides it over across the table towards you. And, and you can look at it. And it's, it's basically just a, a list of demands. And the, the top one on the list is that uh, Wolf Canute and his band turn over the assassins that killed Auden Wayne. And, uh, Basically, um, you know, by the descriptions, implicates the four of you, and uh, you know he's he's rejected that. Says so you're part of the crew. You see, even bad press is good press. <laughs> uh, so they uh, they want you very badly, and they have called themselves the Old Town Free Union. Oh my. Um, so that's that's what their little clique is called. And uh they're they're demanding that he, you know, basically uh give you up uh and serve them um basically bend a knee to the OFU or join the <laughs> OFU. <laughs> uh, that's another one of my stupid little jokes. Uh-huh. Um so He's a, he's in a mood, obviously, and you can see that he's still still stewing about it. And he's uh, um, looks at Haydn and kind of you know gives him a little uh, motion with his eyes. And Haydn gets up and pushes away from the table and um, walks over to you and you know and nods his head. You know, like let's 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 get out of here. Let's get out of the room here and give Wolf Canute some space. And well, we haven't even made a report yet. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think that's what he wants to do. So with a subtle look and quick jerk of his chin, he motions for you to step out of the room, and he whispers, uh, I have the information you've asked for, my way into High Cobble, and something else too. But uh, tell me, did you find anything about the crates or any evidence that could help us? They were forgeries, not from Peck and Wimby. Forgeries? How do, how do you know this? 
we talked to the, the barrel maker. A simple deduction. They were made from oak, not from hickory. Hmm. And the barrel maker himself told you this. Yes. He did. Barrel Cooper Smith. <laughs> ah, yes. I've heard I've heard of the man. Um well, we might be able to use that. That just may sow enough seeds of doubt in the OFU to uh, buy us some time here. That's, I doubt uh, it. Very good work. They did not seem like reasonable people. Uh, that, that is uh, also true. But I know uh, they're not the best sorts of people, but I know them uh, somewhat. I've heard of them. I know their reputations. I believe they're being guided by someone outside. You know, this gladiator connection. Uh, there's got to be something to that. Yes, we saw him. Thraxus Thunderclaw. He was the one that chased us from the um, headquarters. Yeah. I believe they're in league with the Midnight Syndicate. Dark Run Syndicate. Dark and Run Tiger Claw. Syndicate. <laughs> Sorry, my notes are sketchy at best. Figure <laughs> uh, doesn't have good handwriting. No. It's amazing that he can read and write in the first place, so I think it's good. That's getting through college was a challenge. Low clap for Craig R. This getting, getting in the ballpark here. Uh, no, uh, yeah, that's... That's true. I I agree. I believe Thraxos or someone else within the Gladiator uh, uh, contingent um, they're they're behind this somehow. But again, it just doesn't seem to add up. I don't know what their angle is, and I don't know what they get out of it. Power. Yes, it's always, about, it's always about power. Always a good motivator. That is true. Well, thank you for bringing that to me. I can. Follow up and let Wolf Canute know, and maybe we can uh, craft some sort of message back to the OFU and and uh, tell them that uh, um, we have evidence that proves that we were not involved and see where that goes. So it's something to work on. I think we should tell them that we are changing our name to the OFU too. <laughs> <laughs> no, OFU. <laughs> That's cute. Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking we could send them some pointy steel messages. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. A little more direct. Uh, anyway, so he tells you, uh, um, basically, he reminds you he's been up in the, up in the tower conducting the census that Wolf Canoe wanted him to do. And while he was out there, he saw something strange. He says, I saw a flashing light on the wall of the Dreadgate. I thought at first it was just a sputtering torch or a lantern being twisted by the breeze. But then a few moments later, I saw a light from within the city blinking in response. Oh. It appears we have a spy, and we need to know what they know. And he says, Okay. Unfortunately, or perhaps fortunately, the spy appears to reside somewhere on the edge of High Cobble. Yes. Now, I have found out information that should help you get into High Cobble and hopefully find a cleric, um, you know, for that hypothetical problem that you may have encountered. If you that would, would be helpful. <laughs> Our friend's impending madness. <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetical. Hypothetically. Yeah. No, not hypothetical. He got bitten. <laughs> 
uh, mind you, intermittent madness. <laughs> yes. Moon-based madness. Uh, so he tells you, I'm afraid what I've found is not, not going to be a, the easy path for you. Um, <laughs> there's a, there's a, a prison on the edge of our territory called Bridgeview. It's sort of notorious for holding the most violent slaves and criminals. It's supposedly there's a a tunnel from the lower level of the prison that goes all the way to the Beggar's Rest, which is a pauper's cemetery on the edge of High Cobble. From there, you should have free movement within that area of the city. And you should find the main road, the Temple Way, follow it up the hill, And I think the light that I saw came from an area known as Sears Alley. It's a block full of mystics, diviners, and fortune tellers. You should look for that light two hours after nightfall. And if you can find the spy, please find out what they know. Bring it back to us. It may be important. We have no idea what the Baron plans, and if someone in the city is working with them and Receiving information from them, be good if we knew what they knew. And once you're done with that, continue up to the temple and find yourself some help. I know it may sound appealing to turn into a (laughs) rat uh, every so often, um, but it's really not all it's cut out to be. uh, Trust me on that. It's pretty disgusting, actually. That's the last thing we need is a were-rat sympathizer in our group. <laughs> right. Uh, no, it could be good for infiltrating their ranks. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Also, it might provide a fallback when all this collapses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, There's always an excuse, isn't there? There's always an excuse. Yeah. So, Craigar, I think there's some important information yeah. that was just shared. You cannot immediately kill this person. We have to get information from them. Well, they might have that information written down, Triss. Speaking of uh, things that we can't automatically kill, are we going to talk about the Skuldvig thing? Oh, you you certainly can. If you want to ask questions of of Haydn about Skolaveg or whatever, what her deal is. Well, we is don't she tr- single? <laughs> <laughs> we don't trust her, right? No, 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 we don't trust her. And we're part of the group now, right? It would seem so. So she's part of the group. So it doesn't seem like a very, um, I mean, why would we want to be in a group with someone that we don't trust? I've, I've asked myself that question many times <laughs> in the past few weeks. Uh, exactly. <laughs> we've, we've all shared a bucket. We are the <laughs> brothers of the bucket. <laughs> brothers of the bucket. And sisters. And sister of the bucket. Uh, <laughs> the bucket brigade. The bucket oh brigade. my, uh, <laughs> that's rough. That is pretty rough. Uh, so just he, thinking that if she wa- was willing to give us over, how do we know that she might already have a contact? 
Uh, he kind of, uh, you know, he he sort of stiffens up, you know, when you mention that, and he grabs you and kind of pulls you a little farther away from the room, and he's, he's like, I I don't think we have to worry about Skolovig's loyalty. She is fiercely devoted to Wolf Canute. I I don't think that's an issue. I I know this seems hard for you. There's a lot of history going on here that, that sort of predates your involvement with with the pirates. But I can oh, tell you. Oh, they had a bad breakup. I get it. <laughs> what so you're not, what you're not telling us? Well, it's something that I've had to piece together myself. There's some dynamic in the pirate uh uh, their, their way of life and, and, and things that I've had to try to decipher. But from what I gather, when Wolf Canute was acknowledged as the leader of this band, that, that gave him some status. And one of the things that he must do is, is appoint someone to be his, his guardian, his, his protector, you know, someone who's going to, you know, uh, look after him, uh, be there to consult with him, and um i'm afraid that he he asked arvik to be that person and arvik declined as he would he's a gentle lad um and skolavig was the second choice i think that's probably what motivates most of her anger most of her distrust of you and her hatred of arvik <laughs> thinking that over wow so that's just like a really personal issue she has to deal with we had nothing to do with that why should she hold that against us well because we like arvik more than we like her you guys are kind of friendly with arvik she's generally uh distrustful so he he's like you know she's distrustful of any outsiders coming in because she takes her job seriously and then he tells you that arvik um arvik's story is really is painfully sad. Um, uh, his he grew up uh, was freakishly strong, even as a as a young boy. Worked on a farm, uh, which not many people do um, on the Thunder Isles. And um, his uh, his uh, father died. His uncle came to take over the farm. Realized there was probably more money in selling the land and and using. Arvik's freakish strength to travel the aisles and show him off like uh, like a you know sideshow freak or something, and so put on a little act, and eventually the act of you know feats of strength um, sort of thing turned into him uh, fighting uh, other people, mm-hmm. and um, the whole time you know Arvik's uncle took advantage of him promised him that he had, you know, that they were trying to save money to get the farm, to save the farm, to, um, buy it back. And, um, really he was just, uh, collecting all this money and, and, uh, Arvik was, you know, fighting groups of people, uh, people would bet on him and he created this whole reputation as this giant, uh, who could not be defeated in battle. And um, that's why Wolf Canute wanted him to be his uh, shield master. 
So, as disappointed as Skolovig apparently is, there is no reason to be mindlessly cruel. And she is a mindlessly cruel individual. Yes, these these, uh, slights against honor are strangely important to these people. I know they have a hard time letting these grudges pass, uh, you know, uh, and I don't know if there's anything we can do to resolve this issue between Skolovig and Arvik besides having them fight it out, and I'm afraid that would be the death of one of them for sure. Mm. I mean... <laughs> Uh, I, I think if we let her act out once in a while, we, we look after Arvik. Things should be okay. I've, yeah, that's that's nothing wrong with letting a psychopath just you know get it out once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just better that way. Yeah, right. bully whoever you want. <laughs> it's good. It's uh, better she just bully him, just you know, occasionally and. <laughs> Well, I will say this. I think I can speak for the rest of the party. If it gets out of hand where she's, uh, I'm willing to defend Arvik. If she does, if she crosses that line. Uh, he nods and, you know, he's, he's giving you a very serious look and, and he pats you on the, on the back and he's like, me too, son, me too. So we've got uh, uh, to go to High Cobble, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Through a prison. Through a prison. <laughs> prison basement. Uh, oh, better. <laughs> God. Okay. I'm mad about a prison basement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you guys resting up here? Well, I mean, we took a long rest not too long ago. Yeah. So it's the morning I'm imagining. Yeah. It's still fairly early in the day, before before noon anyway, so. And time is of the essence. We should and keep I'm going. And I'm assuming that, like, the prison is not being in active use right now. Uh, as far as you know, um, Haydn doesn't think so, but he. Because yeah. um, who would be running it? Right. Yeah. He thinks that was, uh, you know, part of part of the uprising, and most of those people were uh, killed or escaped. He said but somebody a, could be in there, hold up, and uh, using it as a base. So, sure, yeah. but that's a different situation than. He does tell you to be careful. He said, obviously, uh, any place that would hold people that were deemed too violent or too. Uh, unredeemable to serve as fodder in the arenas uh, is got to be some pretty bad uh, people. So uh, he does, he does want you to have a, have some respect for the place in case someone did manage to survive and stick around. Right. Okay. Okay. Craig, Uh, you're muted. Craigar, you're muted. <laughs> uh, so Craigar's trying to tell us something. Okay. Craigar cannot unmute himself. <laughs> <laughs> the gods have spoken. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Craigar has laryngitis all of a sudden, everybody. <laughs> there he goes. 
This is uh You're back. Yeah, my <laughs> apparently I need to spend more time setting Zoom up before we uh before we continue. So you guys Yeah, have- I, I I muted myself to sneeze and then I couldn't unmute. <laughs> it says the host the host will not allow that. Oh. I've elected silence and let's here. Once Someone you're like done, you're done. Talk about a power trip, huh? <laughs> yeah, Jerry. You're really enjoying this, aren't you? I am. I am, yeah. Uh sometimes I wish I could do that in real life. Just Oop. <laughs> you're muted um so anyway you guys are are you gonna go visit arvik supply get some supplies uh, yeah let's check in on arvik yeah i mean i have a bunch of so we talked about hiding our stuff right yeah right because i've got this giant bag of junk <laughs> yeah. clank 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 all around town uh yeah you could definitely hide it in the greenhouse. So you uh, grab some supplies, we'll say, and you march off um, to the greenhouse down the ridge. And uh, you can see right away, you know, you hear barking, you know, Barnacle comes running out to you and he's like jumping around, you know, yipping and, you know, obviously wagging his tail very happily. And you see Arvik, uh, he's bent over um, some uh, tree stump he's trying to remove. He's got a pickaxe, and he's digging it up and uh, getting it out of the way. And he turns around, you can see he's just, you know, he's got, like, his down to his undershirt, and it's just, like, this massive, you know, pile of scars and muscle. And he turns around, and he smiles really happy, and he's like, you came back. Hey, come, come and help me, help me with this. <laughs> and he starts uh, grabbing one of the big roots and starts pulling it out. And I assume you guys join in and, you know, <laughs> or maybe not. stand there awkwardly at each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, rip it out of the ground and, you know, and he's like wiping sweat off his brow. And, and he's like, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, why are you back? Came to see you, Arvik. Oh, it's good to see you guys. Come here. And then he comes and gives you all big hugs, sweaty hugs. Uh, everyone's favorite. And uh, he's like, come on. That's why I don't come to your house anymore, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he says, come, let's, let's have some food. It's almost food time. Let's sit, sit over here. And he looks like he's made a little uh, area uh, for himself to sit down. And um, oh, that's he's, nice. got, he's got some stumps and things kind of sit around a, a central uh, larger stump um, and uh, kind of a little table set up. And uh, yeah, he's, he's making Arvik, uh, the place is looking amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, he seems very happy that you're here and he starts to reach in his, his bag and he pulls out you know like the little bit of food he's managed to save up and he wants to share it with you guys and and so he starts breaking this moldy hunk of bread into like equal oh pieces. i'm sure we can contribute to this feast <laughs> uh yes so we've acquired some food since we last saw you oh oh I, yes yes let's eat <laughs> 
Uh, he seems very delighted. He doesn't like to look at the weapons, though. He's not a not a big fan of the the swords and things. But he does say that you could you can hide them in the greenhouse, and he knows a good spot where no one will find them. And uh, says you can keep keep your stuff there, and he will look out for it. That's Barnacle, perfect. Barnacle, and I will have a a digging contest. <laughs> okay, to to, good. to hide them, we'll bury them. Um, so you check on Arvik. He seems, he seems well. Uh, I think the work and everything, and yeah, he, it seems to really agree with him. And, uh, you know, the occasional run in with Skull of Egg, notwithstanding, he seems pretty happy to be here with Barnacle, you know, kind of doing his own thing. And, uh, but he definitely does appreciate the visit and you find out as you're talking with him that, you know, Haydn has been you know, coming and visiting him at least once a day and, you know, just stopping in and saying hi. And, and then as you're there, you hear like a, a voice, um, somebody uh, calling from the shed and uh, Arvik like, I almost forgot. And he jumps up and he runs in the, into there and you can hear kind of, you know, banging around some noise and then he comes out and he's got like this little, uh, uh, harness system strapped to him, and in the harness is uh, 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 Flossdale. Trapped. Yeah, legless. <laughs> Old legless himself. Oh gosh. <laughs> and uh, so he comes out, and it's sort of like a master blaster sort of thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he comes out, and Drake's, you know, he's he's smiling. I mean, obviously, he's less happy about the situation than Arvik, but uh, uh, he's happy to be alive. And uh, and uh, so Arvik has a friend now, uh, and Drake knows whether Flossdale likes it or not. Whether he likes it or not, uh, he does. You know, he talks to you for a while, and he knows a lot about the plants and stuff. Uh, you know, he was a pretty crappy uh winemaker um but he does know a lot about plants and he and arvik together uh seem to be making a, a pretty good team um and they're pretty excited to talk about you know things that are growing well and doing well and they've got some new uh things going on in the greenhouse and they they think they'll be able to you know really make a difference for people in badrigan at some point soon and um so yeah dynamic duo yeah, it's like the whole Forrest Gump, Lieutenant Dan, Dan thing. <laughs> kind of is, yeah. yeah. Uh, Arvik, do you know how to use any weaponry? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I do. I do know. I, I don't want to, though. Kragar. Ixnay. He, he looks really sad. He's like, my, my uncle made me fight people. I... I don't want to do that anymore. Well, no, we and you don't have to, good friend. Oh, good. But we did hear you were an entertainer before that. Feats of strength, attracting crowds. He s smiles kind of wistfully, and he's like, yeah, it was fun for a time, seeing people, making them laugh, seeing how happy it made the children. Uh, that was fun. Someday, if we get out of this mess... We should put on a show. We can call it Alar Palooza. And you can be a sideshow. He's like, I, 
You won't make me fight people, right? No, we would never do that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know what we'll do with Drake. He needs my help. I'm we'll sure we can find a, a good show for him as well. We'll figure it out when the time comes. Okay, He's, he seems pretty... Yeah, that, that might work. He seems pretty happy about that. So um, he just keeps reinforcing the fact that he, he doesn't want to fight anymore. Oh, fighting. He's okay. done. All right. Well, let's blow this popsicle stand. All right. Let's go spend an afternoon in a prison. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you spend some time with Arvik, um, and you've got the directions from Haydn. Um and this is going to lead you all the way down the hill, uh, sort of on the edge of uh, your uh, faction's district here, uh, Horncliff, and down uh, towards Old Town. And you follow these roads. You walk past, you know, mansions, manor homes, broken windows, partially collapsed roofs, overgrown gardens. Uh, and you eventually notice that the route curves towards you know, the town center itself and starts to head sharply downhill near the bottom. Uh, the glamorous estates make way for a smattering of inns, stables, blacksmiths, you know, the sort of stuff that takes advantage of the commerce that comes across the bridge and tucked away in an out of the way block shared with just a handful of other structures. sits a squat stone building it looks virtually undorned. Narrow sunken window openings give the impression of a fortress-like construction, and the utilitarian feel extends to the surrounding grounds where sparse, sparse bits of grass poke through cracks in centuries-old stone pavers. No sign announces the name or purpose of the structure, but the description you receive from Haydn can leave no doubt. This must be Bridgeview. Once home to Vadrigan's most dangerous criminals, those deemed too dangerous to even serve as fodder for the city's blood-soaked arenas. And that's where you're at. Yay. So we is it, down is this, the prison. Is this sort of down towards the Dreadgate? Like here-ish? Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you got it. You're in the right zone there. Alar. Um... Basically, uh, yes, uh, kind of in that area where um, <clears throat> Horncliff, Old Town, Horncobble all kind of come together. And then on the other side, you know, on the bridge side, you've got, uh, you've also got, uh, you're very close to uh, where the Baron's troops would be holding the bridge. Hmm. Which is down here. Yep. Okay. So but we want to get up a here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get some healing. Get some healing done. Uh, make sure your friend doesn't uh, go crazy on you or crazier, we should say. Um, so. No, oh, he's ar- fine. <laughs> you've arrived at Bridgeview Prison. Now what are you going to do? Well, what, what, what's the status of the prison? What does it look like? Is it still intact? Uh, it is still intact. Um Basically, everything seems to be in place. Uh, the doors appear to be shut. There's a portcullis uh, sort of entryway uh, that leads to uh, what appears to be a courtyard, and that portcullis is closed. 
you see a wall that has black metal spikes sticking out at random intervals and angles along the top two feet. A uh, cracked and broken section of this wall has left a small gap where a person might climb over. You also see that the metal gate that is uh, uh, the portcullis is uh, very rusty from months of exposure and neglect. Um, and it's not entirely closed. It sits about four inches off the ground, like uh, it might be stuck there. So you get the sense that it's not, it's not like locked from the other side or anything, and, and maybe you can lift it open. But as you look down there, you see that there is another solid metal door um, uh, at the other end of the portcullis. Hmm. So perhaps we should try climbing the wall. Could do that. Do you want to wait until uh, dark? Do you want to do it now in daylight? The area is not uh, really populated since it's mostly shops and things. Um, so there, there aren't a lot of uh, dwellings uh, nearby that you can see and not a lot of foot traffic. Um, are there any like towers or places for the guards to be? It's kind of scanning around for movement. It's a good question. Yeah, you do see some very squat towers that appear to overlook uh, the courtyard um, on a couple of different uh, opposite corners. Well, we need to get to High Cobble before nightfall. Yes, I don't think we should waste time. So uh, uh, let's try the wall. Who's going to be concerned about us breaking into prison? <laughs> That's a good point. If anybody is using the prison as a stronghold, they might be concerned. <laughs> well, we'll talk our way through it, Triss. Or stab. <laughs> stab our way through. Uh, okay, so you're going you're gonna to try to climb the wall? That's what I heard? They're just friends we haven't made yet. Yes, I am going to turn myself into a giant spider. Show off. Oh, nice. Nasty. And I'm going to <laughs> climb the wall. I'm going to get out my giant newspaper. <laughs> uh, help me roll this giant newspaper up. Um, so you're going to turn into a giant spider. Uh, I'm going to need um, athletics checks from the rest of you. The wall is oh, approximately 20 goody. feet high. All right, so we do have a potion of climbing. I don't know that we necessarily want to use that yet, but if this becomes a problem, we'll keep that in mind. Okay. 18. Nice. I rolled a natty 20, so 25. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm very good at climbing. I got a fantastic 13. <laughs> okay. And spider... Spider I don't need hand. to do an ability check. Yeah, you're good. Um, so between all of you, uh, you, you see Alar struggles the most with the climb. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just enjoying the climb. <laughs> it could be the fact that he's stretching it out, still holding his mandolin in one hand. Um, <laughs> but uh, he manages to scramble up the side and get over the top. And you can see 
that there's a, you know, a small courtyard there. Um, and it looks to be like the courtyard is divided into, there's a right section and a left section and there's a building in between. And you can see, um, you know, ancient flagstones worn smooth from the tread of countless feet. You can see that moss covers one, one of the walls uh, while the others are stained and pitted from decades of rain and sleet. Uh, and you can see that small squat structure that sits atop the far wall has narrow slits overlooking the courtyard below. Uh, to your left, you see a rusted door hangs open slightly, but you get the impression that it's too heavy or too rusted to be moved by the swirling winds in the space. How wide is it hanging open? Uh, I would say about five inches or so. Is there a map for this? Or are we just... Mm-mm. No. The theater of the mind. No, my... All right, so uh, is the tower accessible from the... I guess we're on the top of the wall? Yes. Uh, you are currently on the top of the wall, and there is a small uh, walkway uh, a few feet, like a short drop below you. So you could drop basically onto a walkway. And then that'll lead around to the tower? That does lead around to the tower. I'm going to go check the tower out quickly. Do you want me to go climb in the tower? I mean, I can't. I'm just, like, I'll go like this for yes and this for no. I think he wants us to swat him. (laughs) Swat me now. Uh, Hi. Hi, Brokos. But you see all my... You see my all my eyes at the same time roll. Nope, nope I'm not looking at you. <laughs> None of us wants to look at you right now. Disturb. Oh wait. <laughs> so I, I will drop down and kind of lope over to the tower. Let me find this background really quick. <laughs> oh no. Don't okay. do it. Don't do um, it. So what were you doing, Craigar? Sorry. I was I gonna that. just I was gonna drop onto the walkway and just kind of quietly lope over to the tower to check it out. Okay, you drop uh, down to the walkway, and you manage to work your way around to the tower. Um, Inside the tower, you find, um, you know, there's a small table there, a couple of chairs. Um, Basically, um, nothing of note, um, you know, other than these these small slits give you a fairly decent view of the courtyard below. And you imagine, you know, that, uh, you know, there probably were guards that would walk the you know, perimeter of the wall. Um, and on days when it was, you know, particularly nasty out, maybe they'd take shelter in the space. Um, but uh, not much else to it. So nothing to indicate it's been occupied in a while? Uh, not that you can tell. Um, everything that you've seen so far has led you to believe that it's... Um, I'm blocking your video, Thad. <laughs> Oh, I like spiders. You do? (laughs) I do. Uh, Spiders are our friends. That's right. (laughs) Uh, So. (laughs) I called you creepy on Friday and I stand by that. (laughs) People want it. (laughs) Got a giant spider as a uh, Zoom background now. Um, All right. And. you, yeah. You're led to believe, uh, based on everything that you've seen and experienced so far getting in, that it seems pretty quiet. Uh, like, 
and things are overgrown. Things, uh, you know, appear to be kind of rusted shut. Uh, you know, the elements have taken their toll on the place. Uh, something with this much, you know, like iron and doors and gates and things like that. You know, Badrigan's a pretty terrible place and this sort of thing would need, uh, you know, pretty routine maintenance. And uh, you're not seeing that, not getting that sense. So are there stairs in the tower to go down? There are not. Actually, the stairs are back the other way around um, and uh, in that central building that splits the corridors, that's where you would get up onto the wall. Oh, okay. Perfect. So I will return to the party and say the tower looks unoccupied. Let us go to the building. Okay. And wind our way down to the basement. So you make your way over to the building and there is a large um, kind of trap door. It looks very robust, very heavy, uh, appears to be stuck. Uh, again, just rusted shut maybe, you don't know. Um, someone's going to have to roll a strength check or a couple of you can roll a strength check to try to... I will try a strength check. And I will also help out. And I will supervise. Natural 20. Wow. <laughs> One-handed. I'm, I'm glad you guys are wasting all your 20s on this. Oh, stuff. hush. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Tris just uh, leans over, you know, grabs it, gives it a sharp tug, and it pops open. You can see little, you know, specks of rusted dust fly up into the air. And uh, she just, like, makes a nice little gesture so everyone can go down. I'm standing there. I just pulled the crowbar out, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> I'm back in. I'm back in. <laughs> uh, she's got it covered. Um, I'm so pleased she- with myself. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys see a uh, sort of very steep uh, flight of st- steps going down. All right, I will draw the repair. I'll check it out ahead, and I'll slink into the darkness. All right. So you do enter a dark, windowless corridor, and you can see ahead the door that you saw down in the courtyard on your right sitting ajar has a match on the left that's also kind of ajar, uh, two big rusted iron doors. Um, and ahead, you see the passage continues for 30 feet or so before coming to a thick metal gate. And it appears there are gates, uh, the, the corridor might split left and right at that point too. There's a juncture. Um, but straight ahead, there appears to be something there, like, uh, maybe, Offices or something, um, but um, can't well, quite I, tell. I got a 26 on stealth, so I moved like a ghost towards that gate. Wow, okay. So you make no sound as you walk down this corridor, and um, you get there, and you see that the, the left to the left is another corridor that looks like it goes on for a ways, like quite a ways, and also a matching corridor on the right. Both of them appear to be locked, or at least the gates are shut. 
ahead is another gate, and it definitely looks like it leads to a hallway where there might be some offices and things down there. You can see, um, you know, that there, um, there's like doors, doorways and stuff down there. Um, the other corridors left and right seem to have some kind of, you know, uh, cell doors. Um, this looks like where the prisoners were on the wings straight ahead. You assume maybe office space. So, so this is, is this inside the main building or cause I, I thought we kind of went down inside the wall and then just under the courtyard. No, this, we came around to the main building. Yeah. Around yeah. the main building. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so no sign of any activity just seems deserted. Not that you can tell. Uh, there really doesn't seem to be any movement, any sound. And all dark. All dark. Um, huh. Well, I will creep back and uh, whisper up to the, or wherever they're at, you know, if they were slowly falling behind and say, it appears clear. It appears clear. So you hear, see Kragar stealth his way back to you. Very <laughs> surprises everyone um, and tells you that it appears clear. Let us go. We go down into the trap door. So I'll lead them to that, I guess, that juncture where it looks like there's the two halls and I guess the one that would maybe go to the offices. Yeah. So you head down there. Could everyone roll a stealth, please? Oh, no. <laughs> 16. Oh, Not I bad. did really well. 15. I got a 19. Wow. Uh, 22. Very stealthy. I have to roll with disadvantage, so that was good. That's right. Yeah, that is really good. Oh, because uh, of your armor? Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh. So I rolled a 15 and a 17 and then got to add my bonus, so. Well, apparently I was so worried this time around telling you guys to shush that I got a 10. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like me. Do like me. Be very quiet. Um, so you... Managed to make it down the corridor despite uh, Kragar's uh, sort of uh, instructions telling you to be more quiet. You uh, make it down the corridor uh, very stealthily uh, for a large group of people. And uh, you get to the same spot. Uh, looks like there are gates on the left and right and one going forward. We try the door forward. All right. I'm thinking we could check out the offices. Maybe that's where the stairs down would be. Uh, so that is locked. Okay. So uh, we unlock it. Okay. Yes, I will attempt to unlock it. All right. Because how I, tall are the? They're like floor to ceiling. So you're, you're going to roll to unlock it and try to pick it? I am going to try to pick it. Nice. Use some of those rogue skills. And I rolled a natural 20. Yes, that is mine for the night. <laughs> a lot of nat 20s today already. What the heck? Uh, so, yeah, just like super, you know, I mean, obviously these, these locks are not meant for, uh, um, 
you know, they're not precision uh, devices or anything. So you manage to uh, work your way in there and it's a little rusty, but it, you know, gives away almost immediately to your skilled hand. And uh, you can now open the gate and go into the offices. All right, once it's clear, I will sneak in. All right. It was locked. I'm not concerned there's anyone in here. Let us find the stairs quickly. Quickly to the stairs. And I'm going to ask you to bring up your map. Uh, I will tap Alar the back of on his shoulder with one of my arms. God, no, <laughs> don't. Uh, okay. Yes, he doesn't want to be friends I, I anymore. I will turn. I will... <laughs> Spin and look you in your eight eyes. What? What is it, Brokos? Um, oh, that's right. You can't talk. And then just look at you. I'm just going to stare at you. Uh. <laughs> All right. So you guys enter a corridor, and you can see some doors on your left and right. Uh, a couple on the left and one on the right. Um. And it definitely seems like this is more of an administrative area. You see some debris on the ground, broken crates. Um, Obviously, uh, there probably was some kind of trouble here when the uprising happened. So, I mean, does it look like this has been undisturbed for a long time? Is there dust on the ground? Is there... Um, there's not a lot of dust on the ground. Because um, the uprising was what, two months ago? Yeah, a few months ago. And yeah. uh, so this area seems to be, you know, fairly, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's looks like with the, with the debris and stuff on the ground, um, there is some dirt. Um, it looks like there has been there was traffic. It looks like uh, something happened some time ago. Um, but you're having a hard time telling if, like, anything's happened recently. So something cobwebs. happened in here some time ago, and then somebody bothered to lock it back up. Uh, Correct. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, I'm going to, I mean, if there's, is this a, an open doorway, or is there an actual door there on the left? Uh, it is an open doorway. Oh. So let you know, Jerry, I'm a large creature, so. Oh, okay. So disgusting. <laughs> uh, so I mean, so if I step around and look carefully, what do I do? I need? Ah! Uh, you can just <laughs> pop in there. <laughs> the giant brocos. Um, Alar, you could just crawl underneath me in order to get past me. Nope. Like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> mm, so plenty of cobwebs down here, aren't there? <laughs> look like a just a break room. Uh, yes, it looks like a break room, lunch room, sort of space, uh, table, uh, some benches, uh, kind of a. I, yeah, I do a, like a cursory search for anything of value left behind. You know, but, uh, nothing really, uh, nothing that you would find valuable. No. So you're continuing down the hallway. And yes. the doorway to the right. And um, is everyone able to move their own pawns? I hope so. I'm going to get on the ceiling. Kind of just. Okay. So you're on the ceiling. So you enter a short hallway here. 
uh, Craigar and Triss, and uh, to your right, and there's a door to your north and a door to your south. Oh, like right? Yep, right where you're at here. You just go yeah. north. Little doors. Ah. Mm. And you've entered the bathroom. So the I will move up to the door to the north. All right. In the main hallway. You're in the main hallway. Is it a door or an archway? It is a archway. I will follow Alar. He seems to need help. <laughs> <laughs> so Craigar found the bathrooms, just yeah. in case. Give me a moment. Are you going to search the privies? <laughs> oh, he's searching them all right. <laughs> Whatever Armark had given us earlier, that bread didn't sit well. <laughs> it was moldy. Uh, <laughs> Be just, just right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Tris, there's a door to your south, directly south of you. Alar, you're at the door to your left. Um, and... Uh, We'll say, Triss, uh, if you want to move next, check out that room if you want, or you can continue on to your right. Okay, so Triss went south into a small room that appears to be kind of like, a, you know, um, there's a fountain, there's a bucket on the floor, um, obviously, you know, where people came and, you know, cleaned up and things like that. There's some pegs on the wall for hanging clothes and stuff like that. Um, so just kind of a freshening up area. You know, I will wash I, my face, hands, and tail. All right. So she's washing up. Craiger probably needs to wash up after. Yeah, but I, mean, uh, I need that spot real quick, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, Jerry, I have a 10-foot blind sight, so if that matters at all. Oh, okay. Interesting. And Alar, what are you going to do? Oh! oh. <laughs> I'm gonna find the creature. <laughs> Good job. Uh, okay. Told you someone needed help. I'm going to roll initiative. Uh, yeah, probably a good time to roll initiative here. Um, okay. Oh. So, <laughs> was, there's my like, nat twenty. I knew it was coming. Oh nice. my gosh! I was due a night nat twenty. We all have to get one. And I had to roll it on initiative. That's well, I got a nat 20 on initiative, too. So I got a natural 20 on initiative. I got a total of seven. <laughs> you were still uh, had your pants down. I'm still washing up. Literally. <laughs> All right. So I have to roll. And, oh, this, is, this does not bode well. So um, this creature you stumbled upon, Alar. Uh, appears to be in an office. Um, looks like maybe this was the warden's office, and in fact, you see a small plaque um, on the desk that says Warden Yubo. And you see this creature. It appears to be kind of just standing against the wall, just like breathing uh sort of heavily have you you guys um uh seen i am legend right mm-hmm. those creatures where yeah you kind of stumbled across it and it seems to be like sleeping or hibernating or something and it's just like taking very shallow breaths and doesn't seem to notice you immediately and um i'm going to order your uh, rolls here so 
you can now see the turn order. And Alar, you stumbled in the room. You're first on the initiative list. And you see this creature in this room that's sort of been kind of ripped apart. You see shelves torn down, stuff strewn on the ground, books and things knocked out of their shelves. And uh, you see this creature kind of standing against the wall, uh, breathing really shallowly uh, and quickly. And uh, when you describe the creature more, Jerry, it is um, appears to be sort of like the skin is sort of grayish. Uh, you know, it seems to be mostly hairless. What do I need? Um, a nature or you want to identify what it is? Yeah, I want to identify, and I rolled another nat twenty. What the hell? Holy cow! Better have some when it comes fight time. (laughs) Seriously, this Uh, is not good. Yeah, or it might be good for you guys. Who knows? Um, so you have heard tales. You know, you deep dive into your bardic My uh, lore. storytelling and uh, you identify this creature. It sounds like some sort of undead a ghoul, perhaps. A ghoul, okay. <clears throat> well, in that case, I will wake it from its slumber with a thunder wave. <laughs> okay. And you know from your bardic lore... Mm-hmm. Better watch out for their claws. They sometimes contain some sort of uh, poison or something that can paralyze their victims so that they can devour their flesh. Or perhaps I could be a were-ghoul. <laughs> uh, okay, so Thunderwave. Thunderwave, give me a constitution. All righty, let's see. Uh, that is an eight, so I officially uh, I'm rolling not as good as you guys today. Okay, so I get to roll my full damage. See, now I'm not rolling quite as well, but that is seven points of damage. Okay, so let me make sure here they're not immune to anything. Um, nope. Uh, and nope. it's going to be pushed ten feet farther away from me. Okay. So how much damage did you say? Seven. Seven damage. And the ghoul is slammed against the wall. You all hear a loud uh, retort. I'm going to move uh, back out into underneath Brokos. Ugh. <laughs> I don't want to do that. You slide against the wall. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I'm going to have to. Uh, the things you have to do. Um, so you're crawling underneath Brokos, who's hanging from the ceiling. And you slam this thing against the wall, and it is now Triss's turn. All right, so obviously I heard the thunder wave, so I will come running up. My mandolin brings all the tieflings to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so wait, let's see. That was five, fifteen, twenty. Ah, I will close on it, and then I will attack. All right. So you come charging up, 
and attack. And there's where the bad rolls begin. Uh That is nine. Uh, Yep, that's not going to do it. Okay, and then I will I will do my second um, attack. Can we spend all, right. all our luck in preparation? That's a sixteen. That is a hit. Okay, but that is with my short sword. Um, for six damage. Six damage. All right. Um, so you manage to. Uh, it's still kind of reeling. You take a slash. Miss, take another slash and manage to connect, and uh, it looks to be in some serious distress now. Brokos hanging out on the ceiling. I'm going to take with my long strides of my lanky legs. All right. I'm going to step in. Do I notice anything else around me? <laughs> no. Yes, as you come around the corner uh, with one of your many eyes, you manage to spy uh, another creature who's sort of standing in the corner. Um, There appears to be a table, some chairs, uh, sort of a small, you know, meeting area, and there's a creature standing there. Looks slightly different than the other creature. I am going to shoot a web at it. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. And that is a 23 to hit. Okay. And it is restrained. And it's next turn, it has to use its, if it wants to get out, it has to use its full action to get out. Okay. That is my turn. And it is, I will put a little net on go. it. Restrained. Good job. Um, my fine turn. Gregor's the lower player on the initiative list. And yet, he's still faster than your monsters. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> I, I'm going to stay stealthy. So I want to creep up here. And their defense for, they have been forced to hibernate for quite some time. Or just for clarity, there, there's not anything to the right of that little hallway here, is there? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, there is. So why can't we see it, Jerry? Because he didn't go in that room yet. Oh, it's a room? Ah, uh, it's room. Yeah. I mean, but it's a door? A, uh, yes, right here. It continues on to your right. Um, but is, the, is our view obstructed? Uh, yeah, because you didn't go far enough into the room. But if you wanted to go peer around without going in there, just drag your dude in there. Oh, well, okay. I guess that would be my question is, can I... <laughs> see into the room without moving over there really uh yes but functionally i just need there to you go. do okay. that oh jeez i'm good nope didn't see anything <laughs> well and run away uh yeah no it's just the uh, my fault for setting up the the lighting dynamic lighting poorly okay <laughs> So uh, I, I guess I'm not wanting to break break cover. So I'm gonna. Yeah, what am I gonna do? You get half movement on when you're stealthing. Okay. All so right. I'm just gonna. I don't know. I'll sneak over here. 
and uh, see if I can kind of hide behind the wall. Because I guess I haven't noticed anything else yet. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. I mean, yet. did I hear anything coming from that other room then? As we, as we, if you peeked, looked into that other room, you would have saw a creature. Okay. So if I saw that, if I did that, then what I would want to do is just step back into the little washroom and hide and wait and ambush. Okay. That makes sense. Is there a ready in action or anything like that that you can do? Yeah. Yeah, I guess basically, yeah, yeah. I wanted to stand there with my rapier and try to get a uh, a full sneak attack on anybody who would come running by. So, yeah, you can hold your turn. Um, and uh, if you want to. Okay, so I will do that. Okay. Um, so it is the creature's turn. Um, the one that has been attacked, the first one you spied, is going to um, turn around quite suddenly uh, after being smashed into the wall and slashed by Triss and is going to swipe at her with claws. And <laughs> uh, Triss, try not to get hit by their claws. Um, or at so, least don't get paralyzed. <laughs> This is where it's so fun to be the DM because now I got a natty 20. And, <laughs> oh. It was only fair. This yeah. is a, today is nuts for dice. I don't know what's yeah. going on. I have no idea what's going on, but uh, I like that mine are coming uh, yep. now. Stride the wave. Stride the wave. Um, so that is a 24, but I get 2d4. So that's a lot. That's a lot of dice. Um, seven, and 12 and 13, 14 slashing ah. damage. Um, now you have to do a constitution saving throw as well. Okay. Yeah, that was painful. 22. Okay. Thank so. Goodness. You get slashed with the claws uh, pretty seriously, um, but whatever effect uh, that they were supposed to have on you um, uh, does not happen. So, you are good. This fella up here has to roll something to try to... What do I have to do to break out of your... Uh, you just do a strength... Uh, what you got to do? A strength saving throw? That's a four. That is a fail, so you're still restrained. Still restrained. Um, Let's see. This creature is going to come up. So obviously heard the commotion, the thunder wave, and is now going to 5, 10, 15, 20, and going to keep going. Um, So then I guess he would have to make a perception roll to see me. Uh, otherwise, I'm gonna stab him in the back of the head. Were you? Did you? Were you hiding? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. I'm gonna hide, hide there and wait. Right. So perception. If you were hiding, I don't think he would see you unless he made a act of perception. Because hiding takes that skill away from them. You know, yeah. from being able to find you. I think since you were planning on this happening, um, you know, uh, you 
go ahead and jump in and do what you're going to do. So basically I get a surprise attack as he runs by. He's going to be surprised. Assassinate him. Oh, he's assassinated. He's He's dead. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I wish I was the only lucky one in the combat portion of the game. Uh, No, I messed everything up. This is what it's all for, isn't it, Kragar? This right, first so attack with stealth attack. That, that's really, this is like my one big thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that is what I've been waiting for. Yay. So this is um, 66 plus 2d8. Wow. Nice. Oh, my God. No, I rolled terrible. Oh, oh that was really terrible. Well, let's see. Well, still a lot of dice. Um, thirty-one damage. Oof. Wow! Oh. But I had two ones and two twos in that. Yeah, still a lot uh, of damage. Still, still third lot level. <laughs> yeah, um, one hit, one attack. By the way. <laughs> so this creature comes, you know, is all like uh, rushing towards the sound of a potential meal, and comes blowing past your little. Uh, hideout spot here and you jump out and jab him with both daggers and uh, just practically sever the head from uh, the rest of its body and the body still stumbles forward four or five steps before it runs into the wall and collapses dead. And as my um, so I don't know if I still get my bonus action but I mean basically I, I was an attack so yeah I would just yeah. want to get back into stealth Okay, so you're back into hiding, and I don't want to have to rinse and repeat this thing, but see how far. <laughs> In case anything else is, is coming 20, by. 25. So Alar just down the hallway just sees this body just fall to the ground. Oh. I guess my thunder wave was more effective than I thought. <laughs> this is really good. Uh, so yeah, another one's going to come running. They're not they're not too smart. Uh, they're driven and compelled to uh, make a meal out of people, and so it's going to come rushing by, and that's where it gets to uh, movement of. I mean, so I wouldn't be able to attack again. So I would just no. it would just go running by. Yep, it is basically ends its turn right in front of you. Unless let's see, I just want to make sure got the. Movement correct here. Yes, that's all right. So that's where it stops. Kind of where the other. Uh, just see it, yeah. Oh, you don't see it. Uh-uh. Okay. So it's basically right in front of Kragar, um, right in front of his little spot there. So I imagine it's not going to last too much longer, and it's all I have. Alar, back to you. Uh, so I'm assuming I can't see Kragar either. You did see a body come stumbling out, practically headless, and flop onto the ground in the middle of the hallway. Okay, so I'm going to move up. Um, no, I think... So I do see the creature over by Kragar if I move here, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
choices between me and that thing. But that's still uncomfortable. I think I'm going to move here. Do Oh, now I see it. Um, do I see the webbed creature around the corner? Uh, yes. From where I am. Okay. I'll say you do. Oh, well, I am equidistant away from all the baddies, <laughs> which feels safe. Yeah. But I guess I'm going to cast Bane on, okay. the, on all three of them. Let's see. So I need a charisma save from each of them. All right. And all of those were under 10. So. Okay. Well, then that means... Uh, that each of them, when they make an attacker saving throw before the spell ends, must roll d4 and subtract it. All right. And that'll be going on as long as I concentrate up to a minute. Wow. Okay. So for a saving throw as well? Yep. Nice. Okay. That's so be... web to your heart's content. <laughs> uh, let's see. Tris, your turn. So I'm going to start by expending a superiority dice on a fainting attack. Wow. All right. Okay. And so that I get to, I get to expend the bonus die and I get to gain advantage on my next attack. So I'm going to, I'm going to attack with advantage. Awesome. And 22. That is a hit. And then, so that is my right here. You can see the creatures chomping at you, licking its lips, wanting to take a hunk um, of your flesh. Plus, so that's 13 damage. 13 damage. Okay, so you manage to drop it as it's. Oh biting at you you slash it and uh manage to pin it briefly uh against the wall and it sort of slides down and crumples at your feet dead nice that was nicely done sweet then i am going to use my movement to run towards the one at the back oh i'm doing that thing again Okay. Everyone has to walk under Brokos. <laughs> I have no problem walking under Brokos. <laughs> All right. So that, that would be the end of my turn then. Okay. And Brokos. I'm slowly going to creep up behind Triss. And as I do, one of my legs is going to brush against Alar's in his oh. hair. Kind of there. And it's lunchtime. I'm going to bite him. Not Alar, right? No. <laughs> no, not Alar. Not today. Uh, so that would be a 18 to hit. Nice. That is a hit. And I need you to do a Constitution saving throw minus your four that you have. Mm, that's a 10. Minus so your you, D4. You, you roll a D4. Yeah. Oh, D4. okay. Oh, I'm sorry. A D4, that's right. Uh, that's a 12. Okay. Well, you still, uh, so you take seven points of bite damage. 
Okay. And you are poisoned. And uh, so you take, uh see, 2D. I don't, unless you're, you know, I'll roll the damage unless you're immune to that. But I'm immune to poison. Oh, there you go. Immune? Okay. But you take seven points of bite damage. All right. So I'm going to start gnawing at you. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, well, you're just yeah. all restrained. I know. Isn't that creepy? Uh, so you are turning the tables on this creature um, and uh, gnawing on it while it's restrained by your web against the wall. Triss is there. Everyone is focusing their attention on it. I am going to back out just, just one step there. We'll rest my movement there. Okay. Kragar. So you managed to dispatch one creature as it ran by. And right after that, another creature came running around the corner and is right in front of you, making a beeline towards your buddy, Alar, who's uh, standing yes. here. I would like to make another surprise attack on him. All right. I am the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I did not get a natty 20 that time, but that will be uh, a 20. What is that to hit? Yep. That's oh, a 20 to hit. 24 to hit. Nice. Um, so I still get my my sneak damage, but it's not a this is not a crit. So this is not going to be impressive. Well, you never yeah. know. It's only going to be eight eight points of damage. Oh no, plus my three. Uh, so eleven. Eleven damage. Eleven damage. I step out, but I should still get my second attack. No, mm-hmm. that's my bonus action, right? Yeah. Yes. But then that would not be a surprise. I guess I'm a little murky. Uh The surprise attack? No, that wouldn't because you only roll one, one, surprise uh, one surprise attack, and you only get one sneak attack per right. attack uh, action. Okay, so my bonus attack would be a 16 to hit. That is also a hit, and then I get no bonus dice to that. So it's just a straight crappy. Straight crap. Yes. Four four points of damage. All right. Still, uh, quite a bit of damage, and the creature sort of stumbles and uh, starts to to uh, trip um, over the body of its uh, fallen comrade in front of it, and then rights itself, and is now going to turn and face you. And oh, yeah, I'll snarl at it. <laughs> you're both snarling at each other, and it's going to slash you with claws. To the tune of a 17. Oh. Minus D4. Oh, Minus D4. Okay, okay. Oh, roll a four. I rolled a four. Ah! <laughs> oh. Dang it. Dang it. Um, I lost my head. But... <laughs> <laughs> so excited. Too much and excitement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he slashes at you, uh, surprised by your like, uh, vicious oh. attack out of nowhere. And you managed to avoid it. And the other one's going to try to break free of the web, right? And uh, no, that's not going to happen either. So I don't even have to roll a four on that. Oh, that's their turn. The shadow hounds. Yeah, no kidding. You guys have dominated this fight so far. Um, Very smart. uh, Smart tactics, too. Alar, back to you. Okay, well, I will uh, shoulder my mandolin, but keep up the, the chant for the, 
the bane um, and unholster my crossbow. Okay. Oh, and that's probably not going to do it. That would be a 13. You, you get an advantage on that because he's restrained. Oh, okay. Well, that's a little better. That's a 16. Uh, that is a hit. Okay. Where'd my D8 go? And that is seven points of damage. Seven points of damage. All right. To the restrained creature. And that definitely does. Move move back as well. All right. Just in case. Just in case. And Triss, you are up. All right. I am going to uh, expend another... Wow. Superiority die. All right. To do um, a distracting um, strike. So, oh, wait, I don't have to do that yet. When you hit with a weapon attack. So let me attack first and see, and then we'll talk okay. about it. That's, oh. with it. that's with advantage, Tris. Oh, okay. Awesome. I rolled 14 on both dice, so that's a 18. As a hit. So now I am going to use the, dis- the distracting strike. So what means is that um, the next person that attacks that one gets advantage, which I guess they already do, but then also gets to add the superiority dice. So I roll that, and that is a plus five. Nice. When, when they do it. Okay. Um, of, da- of damage? Mm-hmm. Okay. Plus five to damage. And, but for that, ooh, I rolled an eight. So that's ten damage. Wow, okay. Guys are chipping away at this creature uh, as it struggles mightily against the web. So because Superior Die says it's a it's a special, I still get a bonus, is that right? Yes, you okay. always get a bonus action that's separate from your uh, attack. Okay, well then I'm going to use, oh, and I just rolled a nat 20 on my second nice. attack. Wow. Which means... May not even live long enough for that superiority dice to come into play. We're going to need like special dice cams so that the <laughs> viewers and listeners know that we're not cheating because this is, is the ridiculous. Trist is say on that superiority dice to say is the next person attacks or the next next attack because then that would uh, wouldn't that count as your? No, that's a it, good question. It is specifically for another. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So you're setting them up by an attacker other than yourself. Ah, there it is. Okay, cool. So that's 10 damage. 10 damage. All right. So you uh, get a couple of good slashes in on this creature as it struggles against the web and uh, it slumps down. You can see the web sort of strain uh, and it's it's obviously not doing well and uh, seriously... Uh, injured. Brokos, you're up. All right, I'm going to slowly get my meal, (laughs) creep up, another bite. Uh, That's going to be a 19 to hit. That is a hit. And then, so you said it was a plus five, right? Yes, plus five. So that is going to be uh, 15 points of damage. So how do you want to do it? Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to slowly kind of like crawl over, just grab it, its head with nope. both 
and then just go with my mandibles <laughs> just sink in and as you hear this rotting flesh just kind of no i am looking away i'm not i'm not <laughs> so nasty uh, so and then let it drop to the ground and then turn around and I don't think they have eyelashes, but if they did, I'd wink at Alar. <laughs> uh, I'm not looking at you, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I am going to turn, uh, come back to the ground and turn in my human form and cast. Uh, are we out of combat? I should ask. You are uh, out of combat. One, one other go, oh no, there is one more. No, Sorry. we got one more. Oh, is there? Okay, I'm yeah. going to turn into my human form though. So I'm Amazing. back to normal. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty epic. Um, and Kragar, you are up, and you right. are facing the last of these undead so creatures. Don't have surprise. I don't sneak. It's just me and my blades. Yep. Oh, that first attack is only going to be an eight. Uh, That's not, do not it. good. And then my second bonus attack. It's only going to be a 10. See, the, <laughs> dice, give it, the dice take it yeah, away. Yeah, they away. do so, take it away. Yeah, two quick slashes, and uh, I think I'm going to... Um, I'll, I'm going to back up. Okay. Uh, so the creature is going to... Uh, that would provoke. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. So okay. you may not want to do that. Never mind. I, I forget. Use your yep. bonus action as a yep. attack. Okay. So take it, take it, uh, take it like a bugbear, and let's see. That is, do I still have the bane? I do have the bane. Right? Yep, you're still yep. baning me. Still baning you. Bane away. Um. So that is a fifteen. That is spot on. That is nicey. So okay. Uh. Let's see. So the big thing here is. Uh, it's five damage, but you need to roll your constitution thing. Which he did so great the last time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's going to be a were-rat ghoul. <laughs> All right. That's a 13. Uh, you, you make it. So oh. you, <laughs> it was just, it would just paralyze you. So the creature could munch on you, but, uh, um, oh. saved and don't have to worry about it. And now it's Elar's turn. Uh, okay. I will move up a little bit so I can get a better shot and crossbow that guy. That'll be a 17. That is a hit. And that is nine points of damage. Wow. And that is a dead. A dead. Nice. Oh. So after your couple of misses, you took a took some damage from the creature and then a crossbow bolt right through the back of its uh, skull and it flops forward right in front of you, Kragar, dead. I got you, Kragar. Uh, thanks for that. <laughs> I'll wow. And I will, uh, I'm not big anymore unless you want me to be big. That's cool too. <laughs> um, I will... No, that's creepy in its own way. We don't want that. Uh, I'm going to use a first level cure wounds on Triss and give her 11 hit points back. Nice. Thank you. Okay. I will add. Everybody else okay? Craigar, did you get hit? I I, I took five. Okay. Yeah. I'd I'd come over here and I will do another first level cure wounds on you. So it's 11 to you. Oh, nice. 
So he's back up to full. Um, let's see. That was uh, a crazy bunch of rolling. Um, Can I make eye contact with Alar? That's Brokos. Just eye contact. I'm, eye contact. I'm still not. Nope. I'm still not looking at you, man. He's licking his lips. <laughs> <laughs> this has changed something in our relationship. Can't unsee spider Brokos. What, what other animals are you scared of? So I know not to turn into them. <laughs> I got a constrictor snake too. That's going to look be awesome. So <laughs> that'll be fun. Actually, it will be fun. Hey, that is probably where we're going to end it for oh, nice. this week. That was uh, nicely done. And my gosh, if we continue the rolling uh, like this uh, in the next episode, it's going to be crazier. Uh, There's no way. I don't think I've ever rolled two nat twenties in a row. So I, I mean, it had to be like, close to 10 natural 20s this whole yeah. episode which uh, even I got one which is insane I hardly ever do so uh, yeah it's got to be I don't know people can count them up uh, we can listen listen to it and see how many we had but it was a lot so good job everybody yeah. you managed to uh, clear the ghouls out of the administrative area of Bridgeview prison and we'll see what you find there next all right all right sounds good awesome take care everyone bye 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 thank you for listening we hope you're enjoying our adventure To show your support for this podcast, please leave a rating or review on your preferred podcast app. Also, be sure to check us out at DungeonPatrol.com.